Hello beautiful, and welcome to another episode of Beautiful, I Am Colored. This is a place where I share stories from my debut book that holds the same title as this podcast. I am honored that you have returned to hear more of my stories, and thank you to those of you who tuned in last week. I appreciate your support. For those interested, you can follow me on Instagram at beautifulimcolored, and in just a few short weeks, you'll also be able to follow me on my YouTube channel under the same name. This week, I'll be sharing two more stories from my book, but before we begin, a little bit of business. Copyright 2022 by E.D. Booth, also known as Evelyn Barnes, all rights reserved, No part of this book may be reproduced in any form or by any electronic or mechanical means, including storage and retrieval systems, without the written permission of the publisher. Awesome. Now that we got that out of the way, let's go ahead and get started with the first story this week. Season of No. I was busy almost nonstop for about three years straight. I worked volunteered, served on a task force, and several boards, but none of it was enough. I didn't feel fulfilled. I was happy at times, but not consistently content. I didn't want the next 40 years of my life to feel like this, so I knew I had to slow down and really take some time to come back to myself. Slowly but surely, that small voice was guiding me, but it wasn't easy when I was so accustomed to being so busy. It actually felt foreign to slow down, but I knew it was what was needed. I worked under contract for an elected official during the campaign season, but he didn't win, which meant no more contract. I was no longer employed. I don't know about you, but I can't stand it when people ask, so what are you gonna do next? I got asked that question so many times that I developed a standard script, which I knew would prevent most folks from asking me any follow-up questions about my future plans. My answer was simply, I'm gonna take some time and come back to myself. This past year has been a lot and I need some time for myself. My plan worked. I was privileged enough to be able to go on a hiatus for a while so I could get very clear on what was next for me. And as you may have inferred by now, One of those things was writing this book. Sometimes, when we are in a season of grave frustration and turmoil, it is imperative we take a step back and get to the root cause of issues or challenges so that those things don't become the very stumbling blocks that prevent us from obtaining future goals. One of the things I did to come back to myself was seek out a counselor to work through some of the very issues I mentioned in previous stories. Childhood trauma impacts all of us as adults, and the last thing you want to do is have to carry it over into future generations. Reflective questions. Have you taken time to pause, to come back to yourself? Write about that. What did you do? Why? How? How did you feel during the process? What advice would you give your younger self about taking time to come back to yourself. Marlon. 
didn't have many boyfriends growing up. I had one in fifth grade who got on my nerves so quick, I don't think we lasted a week. I had one in eighth grade for maybe a couple of months. I liked him, but at my cousin's birthday party, he hit me on my butt with a brush, and if I didn't break up with him on the spot, it was soon thereafter. I met my husband on my first day of high school when I was 14. We rode the same school bus. At that time, I didn't realize he would be my husband, that we'd have four kids, live in five states, and have the life we have now. When I was much younger, the kids at school, particularly the girls, used to play a game called MASH, which stood for Mansion, Apartment, Shack, House. This game was a sort of fortune-telling game comprised of several categories, such as the names of people you wanted to marry, the career you would have, the car you would drive, the number of children you would have, etc. You would pick a number, and by process of elimination, the remaining answer in each category would be your future. Some forms of the game were basic, and some were much more advanced. Even with fortune-telling games such as MASH, I never imagined my life to be what it is today. It has been full of twists, turns, and surprises. And just in case you're wondering, at no point was my now husband's name ever on one of those lists. It was the first week of high school in 1992. Yes, 1992. I'm sure I was up early and had on one of my best outfits, which usually consisted of form-fitting jeans and some sort of blouse. I wasn't too keen on shoes back then, but I think I may have had on a pair of sandals borrowed from one of my aunts on my mom's side of the family, as I often wore hand-me-downs. The school bus came and I selected a seat to myself. The bus driver made the next stop or two and there he was. He got on the bus. I felt butterflies instantly. He had a fresh ass fade and braces, which I thought was sort of cute. I mean, at least you getting your mouth fixed, right? Back then, the group Boys to Men was very popular and he was sort of dressed like the band on the cover of their Cooley High Harmony album minus the bow tie. He was unique and had what they call today good energy. As fate would have it, a mutual friend was sitting behind me and he decided to sit with him. I didn't remember speaking to him, but I do remember wishing, hoping, and praying he would talk to me. A few days later, when lockers were issued, fate rose her head again. This particular year, our school was overcrowded. Well, at least the freshman class was overcrowded. There was a shortage of lockers, so I had to go down to the junior locker area. And after school, there he was again. We made eye contact. He approached me. He introduced himself and gave his numbers, a home number and a page number. For those of you too young to remember, pages used to be what smartphones are today. I didn't call him for at least a week not because I didn't want to, but because I wasn't allowed to talk to boys on the phone. I know it may seem very old-fashioned to some readers and listeners, but when I grew up, there were many girls who were raised in very strict households. One day, he asked why I hadn't called. I simply shrugged my shoulders as if I didn't know, but I made up my mind 
that come what may, I will call him as soon as I had a sneaking opportunity. Our very first phone call lasted hours. I have no idea what we talked about, but I knew I loved talking to him. The conversation was so easy, not at all forced. I felt I could trust him and I liked the feeling of safety, even if for now it was just an authentic conversation over the phone. Somewhere down the line, we mutually decided to be exclusive. And from that point on, I was almost always referred to as Marlon's girlfriend, which was complimentary initially. Throughout the later years, being referred to as Marlon's girlfriend and later Marlon's wife made me feel as if my individuality was slowly edging away. It became challenging to discover who I was without him. Marlon played football and was one of the best in the state. This meant absolutely nothing to me back then. It has only been in very recent years that I have grown to understand the magnitude of his athletic accomplishments and exceptionalism in the sport. Marlon was so imp- so popular, in fact, that he was Mr. Millington Central High School. I wasn't the popular type, although I knew a lot of people. If you are one of the many people that find a high school sweetheart story romantic, I want to share something with you. All relationships go through challenges. Don't let other people's story, including mine, no matter how awe-inspiring or encouraging, make you feel that you don't or won't have a beautiful story of your own. And I'll let you in on a little secret I've learned through the years. The more you focus energy on being the best you, the greater your attraction to the person that's right for you. Author's comments. So this story, of course, brings back so many incredible memories of my high school years. Some good and not some not so good, right? As you could probably um, infer from the previous recordings um, or previous stories, rather. And it feels like, I mean, we're both in our 40s now. Uh, and We had a conversation um, just the other week, last week, I believe it was, about how long we've been together and how, like, man that's a long time like August of this year will be literally 30 years since I met him and and we're still together and yes that is awesome and it's great but I think when other people find out our story and our history um because we have the appearance of being a lot younger than what how long we've been comparatively speaking to how long we've been married um I think some people are put off by it. Some people are inspired by it and romanticize that fact. But I just want to reiterate the last like paragraph or two of this particular story. And that is, <clears throat> beg your pardon. And that is that our relationships go through things. I mean, our relationship is no different. I think that the major difference or distinction with our relationship um, that most people, of course, beyond the fact that we literally grew up together is that when things got really rough, when the road got really rough, we adjusted, like we pivoted to each other's growth pattern. And I think sometimes, you know, people have the right to decide if they want to grow with that person or if they don't, and that's okay. It doesn't have to be the same for everyone. I will just say that this relationship or our marriage and and our union has taught me a hell of a lot 
um, about commitment for sure. Um, but I also know that we are very blessed and fortunate to have found each other and that like we actually really like each other, which is unfortunately rare these days uh, from what um, my single friends tell me. Anyhow, I don't want to end this episode and being um, what people call, what they be saying, Debbie Downer. <laughs> I don't want to end it like that. I want to end it on a positive note because I do feel like there is hope. When I talk to other single folks, women and men, it seems like both are saying the same thing, but not necessarily listening um, to one another's feedback. And so it's going to be interesting to see um, in terms of uh, when we hit the next uh, part of this podcast, um, the different people that I bring on to uh, the platform to interview to get some insight and perspective um, more about relationships. Um, because one of my rules of habit is I do not talk about things that I haven't had experience with. And since pretty much I got married right out of my mom's house, I don't know what that's like to date or be in that environment. So that's something that I can never um, talk about in terms of sharing a story with you. But I do know quite a few people who have stories um, to share. Um, so stay tuned for that. Um, and also, I wanted to just add later this week, you'll be able to hear from Marlon, my husband, of 26 years. Uh, we just celebrated our anniversary recently. And so you'll be able to hear from him directly when I <laughs> conduct the interview on him, which I think you will find very interesting. That'll be located in the bonus material uh, towards the end of the week. Um, but for this week, that ends the author's comments. Reflective question. Tell your love story, dream, or fantasy. That concludes the stories for this week. I hope that you enjoyed them. But more than anything, I pray that you have found a sense of hope and healing. Remember, the future you is waiting on you. Until next time, beautiful. Beautiful.